This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome, welcome back to Chasing Tales Outdoors. This is your one-stop shop for foolery, foolishness, tips and tricks, stories, all kinds of shenanigans, and a lot of really stupid things coming out of my mouth. I'm your host, Walt, and I am joined by my slaying deer. If it hops, it drops. This guy just gets after it, co-host Chase. Dude, does it ever get exhausting carrying the weight of this podcast on your back? (laughs) Uh, No, it doesn't. Actually, it does not. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I use it as fuel to help uh, get stuff for the uh, podcast and to be a shining example for you so you can get out there and get it done as well. You know, whenever I say something like that about you, I think about Happy Gilmore and, and the guys like talking smack. It's like, I eat pieces like you for breakfast. You But it's funny because I keep getting questions like, do you feel any pressure when Chase kills stuff? No, I don't. He's my hunting buddy. And when he kills stuff, I have a good time. So y'all quit asking. It it doesn't bug me at all. We have got an episode tonight that you unfortunately were not a part of. And that's largely because it was supposed to be originally recorded in person in North Carolina uh, the uh, the past weekend or so, week, however long it's been. And then I had some car troubles, so I had to stay in town. We recorded it on the phone, but it wasn't a convenient time for you. But, dude, this episode covers Timber Ninja Outdoors' new carbon fiber tree stand and tree stick options, which is just absurd. I, I really hope you enjoy this episode because some of the things that they're offering are just absurd. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you've, you've sent me some pictures and things like that, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the podcast myself. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Jason Red is the owner. He's an awesome fella. Uh, you can just tell that he's got a background that, that really prepares him for this stick and stand. And kind of like a lot of people – uh, a lot of really big 
name brand companies that really dominate the market like Tethered and Lone Wolf, um, they came to the market trying to build something better for themselves and then realized they had something that other people wanted and now you know they, it came about. And that tends to be the mark to me of a really successful item or brand. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm Like you said, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what uh, they put together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So without further ado, we're going to keep this one short as well. But uh, we got to thank the people who make this possible. TetheredNation.com. Tethered is our title sponsor of this podcast. They are your one-stop shop for saddle gear. Give them a look, TetheredNation.com. Yeah, let's uh, show some love to the the patrons of this podcast. Uh, They're the ones that uh, help make it possible with uh, their monthly donations uh, to our show. Uh, we do some quarter quarterly giveaways uh, on our Patreon uh, to members. We're giving away a Trophy Ridge React 5 bow site. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, just visit patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. That's it. And but before we go, Chase, we've been negligent. We give shout-outs. We're supposed to give shout-outs to all the new Patreon subscribers. And since... Uh, well, I don't know, probably since about mid-January. We've had some new people sign up, and we haven't given them the credit that they deserve. So I'm going to rectify that situation right now. I would like to thank Craig Crum, Parker McDonald, and I really hope I get your name right, Jacek Jacek Magadzio. I hope I got that right. Uh, It looks like it's a Switzerland address, so um, if if I'm wrong, shoot me an email, tell me how to say your name right, and I will feature it properly on the next episode to make amends. Guys, thank you all for joining the podcast, helping to – to offset the operating costs of this and, and, and keep us moving forward. But uh, with that, let's get on to the show. All right, guys, we are back. And this episode was originally intended to be in person, but circumstances be what they may. I was not able to make the drive, but thank God it's 2020 because now we can record this across the country, uh, separated by a little over, I think, about a 1,000 miles of driving. I have got Jason Red on the phone from Timber Ninja Outdoors, dude. What have you been up to lately? Because season's over, turkey season just around the corner. What, what, what's been keeping you uh, occupied? Uh, well, launching Timber Ninja Outdoors has been <laughs> one of the main extracurricular activities I've had lately. But you know, besides that, I don't have two other businesses that I you know we own and I'm, I operate, so that keeps me pretty busy and kid and um athletics you know i'm pretty active with doing other hobbies so stay on a schedule for that and actually getting geared up for a catfishing trip next weekend with my son a little weekend camp and catfish so getting a few last minute items for that you know i i think you are the epitome of the generalist outdoorsman uh, you do you know what i mean by that the guy that just no matter what, whatever is available, he's going to get out there and do it. He doesn't have seasons he looks forward to. He just he he takes every day for what it is and, and gets outside. Yeah, Roger that. And they call it a Renaissance man. Renaissance man. That sounds a lot cooler <laughs> yeah. than a generalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds more like man bun uh, IPA, right? <laughs> tree bark beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you've got a busy spring coming up. You got a bunch of turkey hunting you're going to be doing. You're, you told me uh, not too long back this summer you're going to be chasing uh, redfish down on the coast. I mean, you're going to between that and uh, Timber Ninja Outdoors, you're going to stay fairly busy. I think this off season. Yeah, yeah. I like to keep the plate full. You know, I mean, I try to plan the best I can in advance, but you know, there's some things you just kind of 
have to shoot from the hip on. But yeah, we you know really have a pretty busy turkey season this year. Um, starting in like I was telling you earlier, starting in South Carolina on the first of April with my son for a little spring break turkey tour. We're gonna start on the coast of South Carolina and work our way back to North Carolina in the mountains for the opener on the sixth. So that, that's gonna be fun. And then I'm gonna hit a couple other states. And then I'm going to Nebraska to try to finish my public land slam this year. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. And then right behind that is August. And my buddy and I are going into the North Brooks for 14 days chasing caribou. So, yeah. I'm God, that sounds yeah. like a good time. Yeah, yeah. I turned 40 this year, and so does my really good friend that I elk hunt with lives out in Colorado. So this is our – 40th birthday presents uh, okay. we'll do a little flying uh trip yeah up into the north brooks looking forward to that that's my first trip to alaska timber ninja outdoor was born out of a um an opportunity that you found in the the hunting air arena you're in and i we're going to talk a lot about uh, some of the stuff that you are rolling out this year. But before we get there, I think we need to kind of talk about your outdoor lifestyle and how that equips you to approach this hunting space in the way that you did. Because I feel like um, a lot of times hunters tend to get mm, maybe subpar products compared to what's out, out in the market elsewhere. And I'm not saying that, you know, across the board, but you know, I look at some hunting backpacks, I'm like, mm, there's some really nice hiking backpacks out there for a third of the cost, you know, and it, it, sure. it you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what about your history with the outdoors and, and outside of hunting led to you being able to approach this the way you did? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, ultimately I, I started hunting when I was seven years old. I'm be 40 this year. And, always hunted public land and grew up in Arkansas and the Mississippi river, river Delta there, um, hunting hardwood flooded timber bottoms, you know? And, um, so we always kind of packed in and, you know, we hunted public just because we, you know, we weren't, we didn't have any money, so we couldn't afford a lease or anything like that. So that was just the only property we had to hunt. And I mean, even back then we were doing interesting things to try to, be more compact pack in or lighter weight, you know, like small fabricated, uh, climbing stands. Um, uh, you know, mom had a boyfriend that was a lineman. So I got tree gas from him one time and like a lineman's belt and tried to hunt out of that up in the trees. You know, like we did all kinds of things. And, um, and then when I, you know, I hunted really hard up until I was about 22, uh, you know, chasing everything from, squirrels to coons to trapping beavers to you know whitetails ducks uh turkey everything and um but yeah then i i got really into um you know like other outdoor sports uh start got really into running and racing bicycles did triathlons ultra running uh got into rock climbing pretty heavy um don't do as much of that now but there's a couple times a year but really just wanted to seek adventure, which is at the end of the day, what I always wanted to do from hunting, you know, is to be on outdoors and chase adventures. And, but growing up, never really leaving the South, like all of a sudden, you know, through climbing and hiking and, you know, doing these other sports, I was able to go out and experience, you know, being out West and go to other countries and things like that. And just 
get off the beaten path. So, um, you know, I was really serious to, you know, like I said, I took a little bit of a break from hunting for a few years, uh, kind of, I would say casually hunted, you know, maybe hunt weekend rifle season every year for a few years there. And, but then I got really started missing hunting again and, um, you know, time in the back country. And, and, uh, so I was really just, you know, I moved to the mountains of Western North Carolina and, 2009 and you know just we have a pretty substantial mountain range here um on the east coast and and i just you know essentially combine you know whitetail hunting with getting in the backcountry like i had you know hiking or you know going in to climb mountains and things like that so um i just started making all my hunting adventures based around big track public hilly terrain so um i got really serious about that and um you know i was hunting ohio kentucky uh, west virginia north carolina and just trying to get away from people you know like here people talk about now and to do that in the mountains you, you got to go over a few mountains if you want to separate yourself from people and um, <laughs> and and by doing that you know just i started with like everybody else you know what was kind of lightest thing at that time was climbing stands, you know, um, hand climbers. So I, I used those. And the problem with a climbing stand is most people know you just can't get yourself into every single tree, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, and at the time, you know, I mean, it's, it, you had decent lock on stands. I mean, obviously lone wolf was out and they had sticks, but you know, everything, you know, things got lighter for me and I, I was able to, you know, um, get a little more compact, you know, I always use a frame pack for, uh, hunting, I, you know, just essentially for those that don't know, it's a structured frame that has a, a bag that attaches and you can separate the two and, you know, for packing out game, you know, you can sandwich the meat in between the frame and the, in the bag, uh, you know, and I use, I, I use that same s- system for packing in tree stands. I just sandwich the tree stand in between my frame and my pack and then essentially strap and, my sticks on the outside, but you know, and I think everybody's, you know, obviously known this or seen this is just nothing was really good for packing in. And so I was just always thinking about ways to make things lighter, more compact. And, you know, I've been talking about what we're starting to see come to fruition with Timber Ninja Outdoors for, you know, essentially about five years and, you know, simple, talking and dreaming and, you know, I guess procrastinating and never really bringing it to fruition. <laughs> uh, but then I got serious about it and started working on climbing sticks. And essentially what I wanted was something that was lighter weight, um, something that was using different materials, uh, you know, through climbing and through racing bicycles, you know, I've used a lot of items that are made out of carbon fiber. And just really, it was interesting to me that nobody started creating a set of climbing sticks out of carbon fiber. Everybody was still using aluminum or, you know, with some sort of variation. And, um, you know, there was a climb, uh, carbon fiber climbing stand that old man made, I think in early two thousands or something like that. And it, you know, it's, you still can find them, I guess, but it was actually discontinued, uh, after they were bought out. But so that's really where I put my attention. I was trying to, um, develop the first, carbon fiber climbing stick and so started hunting with a set this year a prototype set and um you know not only being lightweight i wanted it to be as quiet as possible uh i wanted the 
the product to have no moving parts. You know, I, I like some simple things. Uh, so I don't want to get out there and think about something coming loose or, right. you know, having to move or adjust anything. And, and also I want it to be a, a profile that fits, you know, within my, my uh, torso. So that way when I'm having to crawl through, you know, thickets or anything like I don't have stuff that's getting hung up. I mean, that really is what ticked me off the most was, how much my stuff got hung up. I mean, the weight really wasn't that big of a deal. You know, even if you're looking at standing sticks, you know, pre three years ago, a combined set, you're, you know, what, 20 pounds. I mean, that's really not that much. At the end right. Of the day, if you, if you're packed, if you have a good pack and it's fitted properly, but, um, but anyway, I want everything to stay in that profile. So, you know, I developed the sticks essentially. I have always been a fan of just single step. It didn't really bother me, but, when I was, you know, looking at what it, the masses want is essentially a double step. And, uh, so I, I developed the product around the double step, hunted out of it all year and really got to where I like the double step a lot because especially at night, I don't care much about getting down with a flashlight. Um, even though I'm not a huge believer how much light affects deer, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that you were probably told as a kid that kind of sticks mm-hmm. with you that, <laughs> you know, you try to take every precaution you can and eliminate some of these things. So, you know, the thing with a single step stick is you always got to be thinking about when you got to get down or whatever, where that step is with double step, you don't have to do that. And another benefit of double step for me is when you're, you know, on your last step trying to hang your lock on, you can put that one foot all the way across and, uh, you know, gives you a little bit more of a stable platform for standing. And, um, so, yeah, got that product created and, you know, throughout the year, just keeping notes of what I liked and what I didn't like. And, you know, here we are, uh, you know, about to come on March and we're actually just ready to start, you know, launching the products. I mean, I continue to make a few changes, um, mainly on tweaking it for how it locked together and um, just making profile a little bit different. I changed the width of the double step. It was 9.75 inches and I went down to nine inches overall just to keep a little bit tighter. But, um, yeah, so the stick, but, uh, we're going to launch the sticks first. Um, tree stand, I'm still toying with, uh, just a few things. And I had this great dream of what I wanted to do and I kind of gave up on a little bit, but actually just this week, um, made some head headway there that I, uh, I'm going to pursue a little bit more to see if I can really bring what I feel is the, the, you know, most innovative lock on tree stand, um, to the market. So I made a good connection this week. So we're going to put the tree stand launch on the hold for a little bit to see if we can make this work out, but the sticks will be coming available as soon as the website's ready. So let's, let's break apart the sticks here because, yeah. you know, I, I've been watching this from a, from a distance for a while. And then mm-hmm. you and I got, you know, introduced and really got to run in and, you know, yeah. we've kind of talked about, um, you know, maybe some misconceptions, some ideas, and I know you've had some engineering things that you had to really work on. So my first thought being uh, your sticks are made of carbon fiber. And whenever I've been in the different for, uh, you know forums and Facebook groups, everybody's always said something to the effect of, oh, well, there's not a carbon fiber stick out there because carbon fiber is brittle. It shatters real easy. It's not safe. You know, I brought that up to you probably going on a month ago, and you looked at me and were like, well, dude, 
carbon fiber is used in so many different areas where if it was brittle, it would it would it would fail and it wouldn't be used there. So why don't you kind of address that a little bit about why uh, you're able to utilize carbon fiber when so many people think they can't? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people make assumptions without any, you know, research. So that uh, <laughs> they just kind of go on what they think, and it it can be misleading. I mean, you grab if you grab a 20 inch uh, section of one inch uh, carbon fiber tube and hold it in your hand versus a stick of aluminum, uh, yeah, you're like, there's no way this is going to be as durable or, you know, um, as strong as this item. But I mean, that's false. I mean, like you said, yeah, how I originally started learning about how to make this all work was, you know, a, I, I have some connections in the bike industry that, you know, work and develop carbon fiber bicycles. And, and then also I have a customer that is a department of defense contractor that does carbon fiber, uh, products for you know military and um that i started you know talking with those um folks and breaking down you know how we can make this uh actually work and and it it definitely um it, i tore up a lot of products before uh <laughs> before we got something that was working i mean you can't essentially take a step just a, a setback you know from lone wolf or uh well i mean i used the setback from lone wolf but I had to do some reinforcements in the carbon fiber. Um, and just, you can't just drill holes in carbon fiber and slap steps on it and not tear it up. I mean, you definitely have to, in certain areas where you penetrate it, um, you just have to support it and support the load properly. Um, but it's durability. I mean, it's, they use it on body panels for cars. They, it, like I said, it's used in bicycles, you know, like Tour de France racing bikes where, you know, people only understood understood the amount of power that these guys actually create into that you know in their pedal strokes and what type of force that puts on you know a bike frame like put making it a stick or a tree stand is nothing you know right you know as far as load i mean we're, we're talking static load of 300 pounds is what most people are looking at when they're um you know when you're standing on a climbing stick or you're or you're um standing on a, a tree stand so yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple, you know, hoops you got to jump through to make it work, but uh, to make it work properly, but it, it's not it's not necessarily rocket science. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, it's like I told a guy a couple weeks ago. I was on a podcast. A lot of people, <clears throat> you know, you, you're talking about you know shattering it of the carbon fiber or, or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, if you if you drop a stick from you know 30 feet up in a tree and it lands on a, a jagged rock pro- you know properly you can compromise that area and it could break or it could crack right mm-hmm. uh, same thing can happen with aluminum you drop aluminum piece you know especially square tubing um, and you didn't you're you're weakening that product the same in that area you know so um i mean in my opinion they're going to hold up just as well i mean right. i hundred them all year and abused them and haven't had one issue um you know after we worked out a few of the initial quirks but yeah it's um super strong very durable very reliable i mean you just look at like i said everything it's used in i mean ski poles right uh, arrows 
era. Who's, you know, <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We don't. I don't think if uh, carbon fiber had a, a a brittleness issue, we wouldn't be launching them out of uh, seventy and eighty pound bows. You know. <laughs> right. No. Exactly. And you know the the thing with my sticks is the weight's not in the carbon fiber. Right. You know, the weight's in the in the components. And uh, so what's cool about that is we're going to have a twenty and a twenty four inch stick that are not really going to weigh that much, much more, you know, I mean, we're talking literally, you know, an ounce between the two, whereas <clears throat> your traditional metal sticks, your weights and, you know, majority of your weights in your, in your stick itself, right. because that's where the mass is. So to make it lighter, you have to make it shorter is essentially all you can do, or you, you make it, you know, smaller diameter or, or, you know, a few other ways you can do that. But ultimately you got to take, you got to take weight out of that stick to make that product lighter. Whereas right. ours is going to be about the same because the weights and the components. Right. And you know, I, I've been tinkering with cut down sticks because I got tired of, you know, a 33 inch stick is a bit, you know, unruly. Uh, especially if it's, you know, if you're a hobbit, 33 inch stick is, you know, half your body length. So unless you need to fight your way out of your vehicle <laughs> that, or a bear or a Florida black bear, you know, it comes yeah, in handy exactly. then, you know, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I started, you know, experimenting and I started taking these sticks apart and evaluating where the weight is. And now, granted, I started off with a muddy stick and, you know, wonderful stick. But, you know, those moving parts lead to more bulk, more more bolts needed. You know, they're, they're heavy, three pounds a piece. But I went to my lone wolves and I've got them down to about uh, 15 inches with a single step on each side, which, you know, helps cut down a fair amount of weight. Um but you start to hit a point where you can only cut so much to count, you know, cut ounces. You're no longer cutting a pound from it or, or half a pound, you know. And uh, my 15-inch stick is uh, with, you know, tape and everything is sitting at like 1.5 pounds with a single step. What do you what do you project your, your sticks will land? <clears throat> the 20-inch is, you know, right around, a little over a pound, one point two somewhere in there um, i just i mean i've weighed it with a few things i weighed it around that weight and i just made one adjustment to the setback to take a little material out of there to get it to uh, stack a little a little bit tighter mm-hmm. so i'm assuming we're going to be somewhere in that ballpark i don't know exactly how much but they're actually done the, the finished product's done us so it'll pick it up monday so so i'll about 1.2 Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah, give it a few, I mean. Um, That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's cool about it is when you pick it up, I mean, like any of my friends that have hunted with me, when they put their hand on it, it's like, man, that's just crazy. This doesn't feel heavy just because of how the how balanced it is. You sure. Know? Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I think it's going to be a, a good item for the people – that like that type of yeah. sturdy yeah. one piece stick, no, no moving parts, you know? Um, yeah, I know I'm going to use them. So yeah, I'd hope <laughs> and that so. built them for me. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that, that was essentially their, you know, thing is I started putting them together for myself and sure. people started pushing me to really launch a company. And, um, I didn't originally want to, I just had too much going on, but you know, Hey, you only live once. That's it. You know, I think it's funny because it seems like every like really great company that just seems to have the edge and has the product figure at figured out seems to come from 
I just want to make something for myself. You know, the tethered guys yeah. are very similar to that. You know, they, they never expected to be where they are right now. They were looking to make awesome saddle gear for themselves and in doing so sell just enough items to offset the cost, you know? And, right. and, you know, I, I see the same thing happening for you in, in this uh, adventure, you know, you're trying to, you know, innovate, make your own, your own thing uh, for you personally. And as, as it's gone on, dude, I mean, I'm looking at the comments, there are people like <laughs> foaming at the mouth to get their hands on these things. Yeah. We've had a pretty supportive group of people and I get a lot of messages, you know, private messages from people. And, and, you know, I'm, I try to, um, over promise i mean under promise over deliver <laughs> and like yeah um uh, i really i had a goal of launching it in january but um one of my ma- my manufacturing prototype partner kind of had some things come up that slowed us down and really at that point i was trying to launch too fast and, sure uh, I, if i'm gonna do something i want to do it right and you know and essentially i'm i'm not doing it for the money I, i'm doing it because it's fun and like <laughs> You know, I think you posted something up about what people do, you know, to um, the side hustles to pay for their yeah, hunts. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, really, this is what I'm doing. This I told uh, Haley, I was like, you know, really, all I want to make is enough money to justify going on a sheep hunt one year. That's, that's yeah. it. So, um, yeah. so if we hit that that goal, I'd be really happy. And and also, you know, like I'm sure we'll get into later. I want to give back a lot of the the profit to conservation and other areas that are out there supporting what we do, you know? Yeah. And don't, don't but, lose, don't lose sight of that. Cause we're going to come back to that, but yeah. Cause I think that's but, go, go ahead, buddy. Oh no. And, but to your point, I, I, I think the best products do come from people that were making stuff for themselves and people that are serious because they know what they need. If they're a very mm-hmm. serious, dedicated um, person in any you know, any activity and you start creating something for yourself, there's other people like you. Um, like I've been in product development for a long time with other products outside of this industry. And the thing that I've under came to understand is you can't be everything for everybody either. So, and that's why I think it's most important to make something that, that you feel is right for you. And, you know, it's it's okay to get a little feedback on what you're doing because you people may look at something a little a little uh, from a different angle and help you improve. But I think it, better products come from people that have the experience and are out there really trying to you know innovate uh, for themselves. Right. Well, you know another prime example of a company that that like really catapulted tree stands is uh, the Diaquistos. You know, with yeah. the lone wolf. I mean, that dude is out there. He's he he sees a need. He's in this extreme environment. His stands are making noise, and he's like, "Screw it! I'm I'm tired of wasting money on these things." And he goes and revolutionizes how we how we build tree stands. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about it. I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Um, you know, there, there there's been some modifications to essentially what he's done right uh these days but really that was the last thing that really you know changed the way that you know people were making products in my opinion you know everything like from that has just been really an enhancement on what what he did with that product you know i think it's really right. cool um but yeah man i mean there's so many cool things coming out so guys should be foaming at the mouth for stuff i mean it's, <laughs> it's crazy it's a, 
men and gear, man. Like I, <laughs> I've never like we can give women crap all the time, but yeah, dudes take it to a different level. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, it's true, man. As I sit here with all my hundreds of dollars, or well, probably thousands of dollars of, of elk and and podcasting and turkey gear and everything surrounding me i i i i I should never give anybody grief about how many shoes they have you know it's like (laughs) oh but coming come back to 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 carbon fiber for a second because there's two components of this that i want to also touch on and Mm -hmm. and that is one everybody knows carbon fiber is warm to the touch you don't have that you know dead in the hand cold feeling uh when, when you grab you know uh uh, like a, a regular aluminum stick, but tell tell me about the, the the noise factor. If I take two pieces of carbon fiber, if I took your two sticks and I and I clank them together, what what does it do for noise? It it makes a you do notice a sound, but it's not a metallic clang sound. Okay, you know like you know the the noise you get like. I mean, I use a climbing harness um, with a carabiner and, you know, guys at Saddle Hunt. You know that distinct noise that a carabiner hitting a stick makes? Yes. Like, there's nothing that sounds like that in the woods. Uh, and essentially, you hit the carbon fiber, it, it makes like a thud, but it, it it's not, it doesn't sound that unnatural to me, you know? Um, so, I mean, I haven't done like a decibel rating between the two but it'd be quite interesting to see what it was right but but to me it doesn't sound as foreign um so i mean people can have different opinions on that but uh, i don't think it does and then also like our step you know our steps are are not metal they're they're made out of a polymer oh really yeah oh let's talk about that i didn't know that i thought you those were machined aluminum no 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 they're made out of a polymer so um it's essentially a polymer that using a lot of applications uh, where aluminum has been used or is used. So um, it makes it, you know, it's lighter and um, obviously there's a noise factor and also it doesn't get cold um, the way that. Oh man. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's cool, man. Um, That was, you know, the only thing you can't make, the only thing that really needs to be metal is, um, your setback. I mean, anything that's gripping, right. in my opinion, needs to be metal. I mean, it's like, well, you and I had this conversation talking about the strength of carbon fiber, you know, uh, alpinists that use ice axes, you know, for technical ice climbing, they'll have a carbon fiber handle and arm, but the tip of it will be metal uh, that actually, you know, grips the ice. Right. So you got to have, you know, you got to have the metal gripping into the tree. So that's the only part on our stick that's that and, a couple screws that are in it <laughs> yeah 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 you know that conversation evolved because i asked you if you knew of anybody or any products that you know like you know basically could we make a climbing spike uh for um oh, yeah, tree gaps right, yeah. yeah because yeah. in florida and in georgia and a lot of places it says you know something to the effect of you know you cannot drive metal tr- metal items into the tree and my first thought was well, crap, if we can find a non-metallic substance to drive into the tree, I totally, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could use tree gaps, you know, but, you know, alas, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was really hopeful you were going to deliver some some state-of-the-art uh, science there. Yeah, I have some, like, <laughs> honed-down carbon fiber spikes. That would be pretty cool, though. It I would mean, be. It, yeah. You know, they 
agencies across the country would be scrambling to change their uh, their their because uh, it it just it looks so much easier. I mean, you probably have more way more experience with it than I do. I've I've kind of you know dicked around in the backyard with a set before, and it's you know not as easy as it looks. But danged if it probably wouldn't be faster if you were proficient. Man, yeah. If you watch the guys that you know do these lineman rodeo things, yeah. you know, where the, the you can get up a tree really quick if you know what you're doing. But you think about being foggy headed and all that stuff like you really have to get it dialed man and um i've used them and uh yeah i i wasn't a huge fan but you know also like i said earlier i used some way back in the day and i'm sure right. they came a long way but yeah i'll I'll just stick with the, the climbing <laughs> sticks i mean well i've talked to you about this before i believe you know my favorite way to hunt is honestly to throw a you know, what I call the rad rapid ascent and descents. I just throw a, you know, bean bag over a limb and pull my climbing rope up and put a beaner on it. And, uh, then I send the rope on my ascenders that I have, you know, from rock climbing and my Grigri device and a one step aider and I can get up a tree in no time. Um, and then you're safe and connected the whole time. And then I can repel off real quick with my Grigri device. Um, but the problem with that is, you know, not every place has branches that are in right. the place you want them to be. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, old growth forest, like we have here, you may not have a branch for 30 feet. <laughs> that's and, what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. That's where the, the beauty of a climbing stick is you can use it anywhere. Right. You know, that's, that's the cool thing about them. You, you know, I have this image of me in the woods, uh, in the, in the heat, like launching a beanbag up into a tree, getting all the wrong branches. <laughs> what would you oh, do? Oh man, dude, I've been there and done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. it is, it, you think it's a lot easier than it's going to be, but it is, you know, especially like early in the morning, you're up there trying to shine a flashlight. And, <laughs> you know, or if it's thick, you know, and you got to get through some underbrush to get it up to some stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, old, old but, Jordan has an advantage on us being a pitcher. He he probably can just yeah. zip it right where he needs it to be. Yeah, he <laughs> he can hit it wherever he wants it. But it's cool, you know. What I do with that is uh, I'll leave presets and oh really in areas that I know. Yeah, like especially around home, I don't get to do that. You know, a lot of my public land, like road trip stuff, is you know most time I'm it's the first time I've been in these places, so I don't really have any presets. But if if it's been a if it's a place I plan on hunting, I, I will leave preset. Uh, ropes and just climb them that's smart how how long can you leave one of those in the tree do you just take them out every year or um i mean they'll, they'll be all right i mean i'll inspect them yeah uh, you know every year i mean my fear has always been like a rodent you know like a squirrel inside <laughs> and he wants to eat on it but yeah you know i give her a big tug and um <laughs> you know at 20 feet you can see if the sheath's been damaged pretty sure. easily you know sure. like a rodent but besides that you know it, it takes a while for you know, UV light to start breaking down a rope out there. I mean, especially like climbing ropes that are meant to be outdoors. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. They're kind yeah. of used, they're kind of built for that kind of. Yeah. Thing. If you're putting like a standard, you know, uh, like cotton rope or something. Yeah. It, 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 get, it can get really damaged with the elements, but no, I haven't had any problems with it, but yeah, that's my favorite way to hunt. Yeah, I I have to admit it looks like a heck of a lot of work, but that's probably because I'm not familiar enough with the system. There's probably like a uh, maybe an intimidation factor there, but maybe next time I'm with you, you you can give me a crash course and I'll try it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was the thing is, man, it's not cheap. You do uh, if you have the pieces that I have, you know, like a Grigri's 
little what, 150 bucks. Woo! And the cinders right around 80. Uh, and then I just use uh, this uh, like a 24 inch web sling for my single step aider that I connect. Because uh, essentially, your st- the majority of your your um, effort comes from standing. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. standing in that one. I mean, that's really where it comes from. So everybody, but, uh, this this costs way too much money. You're much better off getting a set of these sticks from him instead. Is what he's yeah. basically saying here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll like, uh, you know, I only usually get about ten to twelve feet, so I normally don't use but like three sticks, sometimes four. Yeah. So you yeah. know, you can get by and kill animals with three sticks. You don't have to buy four of my sticks. Right. Well, and if you really want to stretch them out, you know, put an aider with it. Take a movable aider with you. You know, that's what I do with my three sticks. I I oftentimes only use the aider at the ground level, like what you're saying, just to go mm-hmm. ahead and take what could be yeah. a, a six foot climb and turn it into a ten foot climb. Right. You know. Yeah. And and then at that point, I just go two more sticks up because a lot of times down here, man, it's thick. So you know, Correct. you know, but. So let's talk about some of the finer details of what you've done here. What what allows? What, where would you like to take the discussion next? What what do you have? What have you designed, or what what have you taken pride in that we haven't discussed yet about your sticks? I mean, really the, I mean, just the the details that we put into them to making them be um, as compact and minimalist as possible. I mean, we did away with. Um, using two two bolts in each step you know we're essentially doing a larger grade um grade eight boat uh that's actually we've um we threaded the setback so that actually the 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 bolt goes into the setback so you don't have a lock nut on the back side of it you know i mean that's that's always been a main problem why a lot of sticks don't stack properly is because of that right um and then also uh we countersunk the uh, bolt head into the uh, step itself, and um, essentially we'll be putting Loctite, you know, in the threads and you know, Loctite and that nut in there because both the the setback and the step are machined um, to go around the carbon fiber, so there's no movement from those products. Okay. Um, and then we use a. Uh, polymer based versa button that is countersunk as well and uh and, and essentially they they stack um they nest into the step themselves the setback does so that way you don't have to stagger your sticks okay uh, i got you and, and you know one of the main things too about these products is you know they're made here i mean none of the I've tried to source as much um, American-made products for everything as I can, and it's pretty much all American-made. Uh, only area where I see potentially having problems with that is just, you know, nuts. I mean, the bolts. You know, sure, you may run into a situation where you're backward on a, <laughs> you know, American-made bolt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's primarily all American-made and locally made here in Nashville, so that's cool. That's really neat. And, yeah, yeah. It, I could definitely could do it cheaper in China. I can tell you that, but <laughs> uh, not, I'm not going that route. How, how well do these sticks? It, well, I kind of know the answer to this, but your sticks are designed to stack onto your tree stand. Uh, really well i I see i've seen some photos that you've posted where it's like you know it just it all stacks on itself really nicely and and it looks like it'd be dang near impossible to catch one of these sticks on a vine once it's nested onto your uh your tree stand 
Yeah, it it it, it locks um, follows the profile of the C2 on the on the stand itself, and you know essentially you just have to you know put some type of strap across to hold it tight. Like it, it doesn't have any like locking device. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I could have done like those suction cup type things, but I've, I've heard some comments uh, about how they actually don't work that well. And I could see just like dirt and debris getting yep. in there and just not making it a really good um, long time sustainable, you know, asset to you. So uh, we're just going to go conventional with the strap that locks it in there. But, you know, essentially the profile of three steps is, I mean, three sticks is, the distance is mainly just going to be the versa button space, you know, which to me, that's, I don't mind. I don't have to have my stuff, you know, stacked completely flat on each other. Like that doesn't really show any benefit to me and how I, hunt. sure. Know, most of my stuff strapped my back anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, that's really all the details on the sticks. I mean, why don't uh, we shift to the, uh, why don't we shift to the tree stand then? Because I'm looking at that, and that thing is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, the tree stand, you know, the the main thing there was it's really hard, like we were talking about earlier with metal, to start showing any type of, you know, real weight savings. Right. Um, and uh, the weight, you know, if it's something six pounds, eight pounds, you know, nine pounds, that really doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. Uh, it was how things packed in my pack that really got on my nerves. Um, so, you know, a lot of, I don't need a super wide platform, you know, I'm pretty much standing up all the time or sitting down. It's not like I, you know, I'm up there doing jumping jacks. So <laughs> I'm six foot two, one ninety, And, um, I just wanted the profile of my stand to fit in my, you know, with the torso of my body, you know, not come mm-hmm. out beyond that. Cause I don't know how many times I've, I've been hung up, you know, because a branch got caught in between, you know, a, a seat and a platform that of the stand that's in my back, you know. And as we were talking earlier, you know, you hunting down in Florida in the heat, you're already angry because it's hot. You know, me <laughs> hunting early season here and climbing a, you know, thousand feet of elevation gain and a half mile or whatever, like I'm, I'm pretty ticked off. You know, yeah. <laughs> by the time I get towards the top of there, then you get hung up in a tree and you get really angry. Yeah. So, and also like just no, none of the stands really sandwich that tight, that tight either. So like there'd be all this space in between my pack and back. So I wanted something that pretty much folded up like a laptop. Um, and it, it, we were able to accomplish that for sure. Um, and so the platform on this prototype stand is, essentially 18 by 24 inches. So it's, it's plenty of space for most people. Uh, I mean, like we were talking about how big Jordan was, he's, he's been on it and he has plenty of room to hunt, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, well, like I said, we made some, made some, uh, of a relationship, uh, to have access to some technology that really was something I was thinking about doing in two years that I may be able to do now. So that's why I was saying earlier, um, we're going to slow down on the release of the stand just because I may be able to essentially fulfill my complete dream at, at, at a good price. Um, so uh, more on that later, but yeah, the only thing, yeah, it, it's, if this works out, which uh, my partner that I connected on this is pretty confident would be good. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, so I'd rather hold off and do that than, you know, make something now and, 
I mean, what we have now is really cool in my opinion. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of people that have seen it, see the value of it. And I think the product would sell, but like I was saying earlier, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it as best as possible. So if this other, um, application works, uh, I'll be able to accomplish that. And if not, you know, there's nothing wrong with what we have here, but essentially the stand is, you know, you're, it cams just like any yep. other modern lock on stand, um, for angled trees. Uh, it has a very aggressive tooth pattern on the platform and, and also on our setback on the, on the, um, on the tube. And it's, you know, I call it a, the mutt stand because it's essentially a hybrid, you know, it's a it mixture really of <laughs> polymer products, um, carbon fiber and, and, you know, currently metal. So, yeah, but it, you know, it looks cool and it's very functional and, uh, I Boy, think I've shown you I pictures. Think, I like, think you just gave us a tease right there of what which of what's to come. I hope people catch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know how it is now when I I put it in my pack, man. You know, there's nothing sticking out. I mean, it sticks right. out a little bit on the sides. Like I've posted some pictures of that. That's what really made my day is to be able to do that, and then you know strap your sticks on the back of your pack. You know, a person can get through the woods pretty efficiently, and um, you know with a lightweight system. I mean, how we sit now, you know, you'd essentially be standing for sticks. You'd be somewhere, you know, what, around 12 pounds or so, which is, you know, that's pretty good for, you know, a tree stand and sticks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the only way you're going to, you know, with what's out there right now, the only way you're going to get any lighter than that is you got to make it smaller. It's really the, you know, unless you're somebody doing something I don't know about, like you, you, if you're using all metal, you just got to make the, the stand smaller to make it lighter. Right. Um, so I, I didn't want to be out there, you know, with my knees in my face or anything to say I had the lightest stand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. A, a 20, a 20 inch seat height is, is about all I want about as low as I want to go. What did you say? The, the, the stand approximate weight you think will land at it, right now? Uh, it weighs like, Right at eight pounds. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that's not even – I mean, there's things lighter than that. Well, I mean, there's things that are advertised to be lighter than that. Like, I've, just put them, I've heard, you know, rumblings that some things don't weigh what they're supposed to. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm an honest person. I don't, <laughs> there's too many scales out there that can prove you wrong, you know what I mean? All um, it takes is a video camera or, or a cell phone camera and a scale, yeah. and, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, how it sits now, I, there's a few things I could, I could essentially squeak another half pound or so, but why, but, but beyond that, I'm going to yeah. be getting down to a small platform. You know, like there's a couple things I can't change. Um, but you know, I want to keep it in the profile. It is like, I mean, I could go 17 inches wide, you know? Um, right. I mean, another area, my seat's a little bigger than a lot of people's, but, um, I could take a little bit off here and gain a little, a little weight savings, but you know, like I said, why? Um, and also I designed the, the seat to where you could sit facing the tree and your get your legs around it a little bit to kind of hunker you in there. Cause I, <clears throat> I like to have the tree in between me and where I think, you know, the yeah. box coming from. So, um, you know, you can sit on the seat and kind of wrap your legs around and the, the, the seat itself, how, how we cut it kind of, you know, your legs can wrap around a little bit to kind of keep you a little more secure where you're not completely 
looking bow-legged up there, you know. <laughs> what the, I'm looking at this thing folded flat. It looks like maybe like three, four inches. Yeah, it's uh, right at three inches. That's nuts. Yeah, flat length. Yeah, as far as thickness. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's bizarre, guys. I can't wait for you guys to see this because it's it's – it's it's the epitome of of what compact you know what a compact tree stand should be it's 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 really cool what you've done with it oh yeah thanks yeah i think it turned out to look really cool um i mean we went through a lot of different variations i mean how many different prototype platforms we've put out like at least four or five and uh seat we've played with the seat a lot and yeah it's turned out really cool i mean i'm really happy with it and if we can make this next jump, I'll be really happy with it. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, you said, you know, my, my ideal dream could come true. There's nothing wrong with it now, but, you know, if I could get my ideal, that's that's the whole point of this is you're building this for you. And, you know, this is your baby. So if you can get it to where you want it to be, man, that's just going to be even better. And I can tell you this much, anything that improves it from here, you're going to be glad to have that 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 uh, improvement. I mean, that's the, the thing is just. It's killer, dude. What you've done with these these products, and 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 it doesn't look, you know, functionally it functions the same. Like putting it on the tree stand, both the sticks and the tree stand, it's the exact same thing. Just a redesign of uh, you. Here's what I'll say. You know, you know those boxes you get with your computer in it, and there's thirteen thousand items packed into this thing, and, and every time you open up the box, there's like another fold to it. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. how did they get that in there? It's like that level of ingenuity has gone into these products. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, honestly, it's pretty simple too. Um, it surprises me that nobody's really done it, you know. But I don't think most people look at compact the same way. You know what I mean? Like, right? It, I mean, I get it. If you're, well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how far I'm going. Like, I've just become so accustomed to wearing my frame pack that I wear it no matter how far I walk. But you know, if you're hunting public land, I mean, private land, you ride a side by side to get most of the way somewhere and you know you're hiking a couple hundred yards like some of these things don't really matter as much to you right. you know right um uh but you know if i'm day in day out putting stuff in my pack you know i mean you hunt with pretty much same type of pack you know design that i do i mean you use that mystery ranch i mm-hmm. believe like unbuckling and buckling stuff all the time gets to be a pain <laughs> in the butt especially like you know anybody that hunts more than a week straight, you know, like it's a grind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like little things get on your nerves. And I just, I want simplicity. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, it makes all the difference. See, it, here's my, here's my thing. I don't want to pay extra for a couple ounces. I want to pay extra for, for smoothing the process, right? Like that's right. You know, when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's extremes, when it's, when it's, you know, day 10 of, of your, of your rutcation and you're climbing up in an area, you're making quick adjustments. I want, if I'm going to, you know, buy something more than the, the steel tubing sticks at, 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 you know, my local Walmart, I want it to make my life easier, you know, functionally easier. I can carry a couple ounces, man. I'm carrying 40 pounds of extra fat on me right now. A couple more ounces isn't going to kill me, you know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> But when when something makes my life more smooth and the process more smooth, now we're cooking with high high grade peanut oil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can lose brain cells over trying to figure out ways to make things lighter. Yeah. And, I mean, I know I've pissed some people off, but I mean, I've been dealing with this from 
racing bicycles like everybody thinks well i mean at some point there's definite improvements like a person's gotten so thin they can't lose any more weight so extra right. performance comes from trimming down weight but i always say the cheapest and easiest way to you know lose weight on your system is to hit the gym you know <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah i mean it, it, no matter what you have on your i mean you experience this i'm sure on colorado it doesn't matter how if you have 20 pounds or you know 40 50 pounds when you do something day in day out going up and down mountains or you know trucking through the swamps like things just you know it all gets heavy <laughs> you know what i mean oh and yeah it's, and, and that like you said earlier that's just when more of just efficiency yep. uh, areas are, are the most important to me. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. What, what are, what are these rumors about Turkey calls from you guys? Yeah. Um, we're going to actually, they, they'll be released here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have a line of uh, diaphragm calls, essentially three common cuts, you know, bat wing and um, a couple of, you know, unique cuts that we're going to do um, because, you know, like I said, well, I don't think I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, mm-hmm. the Timberage outdoors isn't about just making mobile hunting tree stands. It's going to be more about making mobile hunting products for all, you know, mostly all disciplines of what we hunt, you know, primarily focused, you know, being Southeastern based, based on the species we have here, but I do a lot of hunting out West. So, and there's a lot of items I thought about for, for that, that you know, we can make, I mean, we just want, we're creating a company that's ba- making efficient um, products for all mobile type of hunters. So um, the Turkey hunting, I mean, I, I do a ton of Turkey hunting. That's one of my favorite things to do. And um, so we're going to be launching five, five calls. We have a kind of a, well, essentially it's a limited um, turkey hunting logo and some apparel that we're doing um, to get started with the turkey hunting products. But we have a couple other products that we're going to be prototyping through this year to launch next year in the turkey hunting area. And um, all of our calls in, in our apparel that we're doing for turkey hunting, a dollar from each item sold, we're going to be giving back to National Wildlife Turkey Federation too. So. That's an um, awesome segue into into the conservation conversation of Timber Ninja Outdoors. That's awesome, man. That's a dollar per call and shirt. Yeah, yeah, in the hats. We're gonna have, in the hats. Uh, we're gonna have a, a shirt, uh, some hats, and the turkey calls, and um, may have a few uh, pot calls too. Uh, we haven't. I know we're going to get some for the team just because I want them as a, you know, collector's <laughs> item for the, you know, down the sure, road, but sure. uh, we may release a few of those too. Um, but yeah, a dollar from every item sold. We'll go back to national Wildlife Turkey Federation. Oh, and also we're going to have some youth shirts. Uh, we got to take care of the kids. And I think the kids are really going to dig the, our logo. Uh, well, I think everybody will that we did for the Turkey hunting school. So, and we've, you know, it's funny to me, like, most people that offer youth shirts, you know, they're always just generic looking, you know? Uh, so it, it's just like a logo name, you know, we're trying to, we're going to be making other products, but always trying to keep something for the kids. Sure. Yeah. I want them looking good. So what other organizations are you going to be donating to other than WTF? Uh, the, well, obviously what's what I call, I'm calling the conservation pyramid. You know, essentially we want to, take funds and give back to 
what I think, you know, consider the three core areas, um, habitat, access, and, you know, wildlife conservation. So um, we'll be donating to all those, you know, organizations in, in, in all three of those areas and not really looking to be biased to one organization, you know what I mean? Trying right. to spread out the money. And uh, so one way we're going to do that is, uh, you know, when we release some special edition type stuff like that turkey hunting obviously nwtf it makes the most sense to sure. donate on this round and you know we'll do pick other areas and you know at time you know we'll ask you know our followers you know hey who, who do you feel is doing a good job and you know we're planning on donating you know this quarter um so who should we donate to sure you know what i mean like sure yeah because you know there's a lot of people trying to take this hobby you know a lot of people love and a lot of people are extremely obsessed with you know yeah. a lot of people not want us to do it so there's a lot of organizations that are putting the boots to the ground and do the work a lot of us maybe don't have time or um or maybe just too lazy to do you know what i mean like sure. um we all if we all procrastinate a little bit you know so absolutely trying to help fund some of these people the best we can yeah yeah, the easiest thing we can do is to contribute to people who are out there fighting for it. You know, if we're not going to be involved ourselves, we can we can do without a Coke Cola and send send that dollar to you know towards somebody who's uh, making it their uh, their passion. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, there's a lot of people out there doing it, <clears throat> and you know, not really. You know, these a lot of the nonprofit sectors. You know, there's a lot of people doing it aren't making any money. You know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, we can help out. We yeah, wanna, that's true. We want to do our part. That's awesome, man. So, have I missed anything that you wanted to talk about in this podcast? Um, no, not as it relates to the company. Uh, I mean, we, um, you know, we're almost ready to launch. Just waiting on the website to be finished. Um, I have a marketing company that's done websites for me for other companies. Uh, just working on that and. So we should be ready to launch pushing for the, you know, mid to late March. Everything keeps going the way it, way it is. That's awesome, man. And when you go yeah. live, you'll have sticks. Yeah, we'll definitely have, we're going to have the sticks first. It's going to be, you know, what I see being the, the most highest point of interest. Sure. And, um, and then we'll have the Turkey items, you know, uh, and then we've got some other items that we're working on. Like Stan would be next, and uh, maybe something else that comes out about the same time as Stan that we're working on. Awesome, so. man. Is this going to be a, a pre-order type situation? Um, you know, originally I was thinking about that, and, um, you know, it makes sense. But essentially, we're, we're going to try to get a handle on forecasting. Um, so like any any product, any company, nobody has a magical ball that can tell them what they need to set their forecasts at, you know? Sure. So, um, you know, I want to say we can get people stuff, you know, ship on delivery, but you know, I'd be lying because if it's successful, which we all want it to be, I, um, you're going to run into backwards until you get your system fixed, you know? Right. So we're going to do the best we can, but I guarantee you, you know, I'm going to do my best, you know, no matter what type of, uh, response we get, to not go over four weeks and uh you know customer service is highly important to me uh i've been in sales and customer service for 16 years and communication is extremely important and we're definitely going to try to be uh, set the bar uh in that area so um 
so it'll be you know items will be uh to order but you know we may run into some back orders i mean it's just it's just nature of the beast until you get a good, yep. good understanding on forecast you know and i think i think most people uh understand especially when people start up startup businesses surrounding a passion you know it's one of those things where i think they kind of understand that this is not bass pro shops that's put together an item and you know has the ability to just you know stock a warehouse you know for you know unlimited you know demand as long as you're you know you not you but you know said company is being upfront about things and keeping people informed i mean we've seen it in the saddle world where you know people have you know they've got no problem they wait they do their thing you know and the good news is you're launching in the spring and not uh, august 1st yeah yeah <laughs> you know we all think that you know we, we do a good job of planning and buying our stuff but you know i was procrastinating about buying a leafy suit and want to go order one another day <laughs> and it was sold out yeah. but fortunately i called and he happened to have one and exactly the color and size i was looking for but yeah we're trying to stay ahead of it and honestly just want to see how the flow works with the sticks um uh, you know, you can really get yourself into a bad situation launching two new products as a small company. I mean, we financially are in a place that we can ramp up just as quick as we need to. Um, but, you know, you don't want to start that way. You know, we kind of got a bootstrap <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, to the point we're at now, I mean, starting a company and doing it right is definitely not cheap. But fortunately, if we didn't sell anything, it's not going to keep food off my table. You know, I'm doing it because it's fun and something i'm you know really passionate about that's awesome man so mid to late mid to late march and uh things are going to start rolling out i know you're working on a i've i've gotten to to know you well enough to know that you're going to be rolling out some surprises over the over the the coming year i'm sure you've got some some cool stuff coming yeah yeah we i mean as a company you need to always be pushing the bar i mean or even as a person you gotta continue to set goals for yourself and you know, those goals as a company, you know, should be innovation. Um, you know, so that's definitely focused on that. And we're going to be doing some more workshops. Uh, we're doing, we have a mountain hunting workshop coming up in March 21st here in Asheville. Uh, so it's going to be myself and Jordan and Tyler and, um, friends of ours, uh, budget buck outdoors. They had a YouTube series. They're long time mountain public land hunters, which, um, also, uh, Heath Jolly, who's one of the brothers that's part of Budget Buck Outdoors, uh, he and I are going to be partnering up a lot this season, and he's going to be filming some hunts with me. So, Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, be fun. I have zero interest in carrying a video camera, um, but I'll be happy to let somebody follow around if they want to. Or, <laughs> and I, you know, and I'll, I'll be happy to, to, you know, run it myself or somebody else, but yeah. I, I have zero interest in self-filming. <laughs> Hey, we all we all have our our self imposed uh, difficulties. I actually really get off on self filming. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fun challenge. You you for some reason want to chase turkeys with with a trad bow, so you know it, it, <laughs> there's similar similar difficulties we uh, we, yeah. we we put on ourselves. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, you know, it's like you know Jordan, who we talked about. Jordan's been filming since he was in high school, and. Uh, it's he, and what's funny to me is he films all this stuff. He has a lot of footage, but he never shows anybody any of it. It's all for himself. Like he may release something every once in a while, you know, with they have their page. Uh, he and Tyler have a hunting experience page, um, uh, engage and conserve. And, uh, you know, he has posted some stuff there, but you know, the guy's been filming, you know, he's 30 mid thirties yeah. filming since high school, you know, 
uh, and doesn't even put it out there. He just does it for himself. Yeah. (laughs) So it's cool. I mean, everybody has their own passion, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am excited, man. I'm going to try. We talked about it to get back up there this spring at some point. Probably I'll be turkey hunting in uh, North Georgia with my buddy Derek. And and we're going to swing up there and hopefully we can get together and do a a video review of these things for the YouTube channel. I know people are going to want to see this thing uh, uh, in front of them as well. So we can do that. And uh, maybe we can do another podcast in person when we get up there. Oh, man, that'd be fun. Yeah, like I've been telling you, love to get you up here and get you on a turkey. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, this is going to be the year that I shake the I, I shake the skunk. It's gonna I'm gonna take turkey hunting serious the entire season, and, and something is gonna come of it. <laughs> yeah, so give up, man. I chased those things for for a number of years before I was able to connect. Yeah, <laughs> turkey populations we have today are you know way better than what they were when I was a kid. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. There's well, a lot of opportunity out there to stay after it. Absolutely. Where where can people go to find out more about you right now since the website's still being developed? Yeah. <clears throat> Instagram, Tim, Timber Ninja Outdoors. Uh, Facebook, Timber Ninja Outdoors. And the website's going to be launching here shortly. Um, so, yeah, right now that's, that's where we're at. And we post a few little sneak peek uh, pictures. You know, we do some YouTube instructional videos every once in a while. And, and then I, like, humor myself with making memes that's always fun <laughs> you you do you do make some funny memes man <laughs> my my, yeah. my best friend told me memes are the way that you can say the things you shouldn't already say you know exactly <laughs> oh my goodness man and like it's funny when people like it and you're like oh i'm not the only one that thinks this way yeah, uh, yeah. We, yeah i mean we, i just I like having fun man you know yeah. i always tell people i'm i'm like a mullet business in the front party in the rear you that's know? it that's it yeah. <laughs> Well, hang on one second. I'm going to wrap this up, but I want to chat with you afterwards. All right, man. Thanks. Guys, do me a favor. Flood his social media with likes, follows, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Get ready for what he's got coming out. I've, I've had the pleasure of getting to know this fellow for quite some time now, and, 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 and I've been able to kind of get the inside track on this development. And I can guarantee you that he's working on something unlike anything you've ever seen. And that should be kind of evidence from what we've, we've discussed here today. And while I am sorry we didn't get to do this one in person for you guys, we're going to make it up to you. We're going to do a YouTube video. We're going to do an in-person podcast. The next chance I can get up to the uh, to the North Georgia Appalachian Mountains of West, Western North Carolina. So until next time, get outside. Go do some postseason scouting. Get ready for, for, for turkey season. Dust off the calls, and we'll see you later.